You know what we need? We need a radio show on the air, like maybe on Saturday nights, that talks about this kind of thing. Hi, Dr. Hoffman here. I want to let my listeners know about a brilliant Renaissance man named Dr. Arthur Perry. You want to talk to Arthur Perry? The best in plastic surgery. He's a distinguished, award-winning cosmetic surgeon trained at Harvard and Cornell with a practice in New York City on Fifth Avenue. Dr. Oz, are you there? I'm here, Arthur, and I want to get applaud you, having worked with you on... A book and numerous other activities. He's written numerous medical journal articles and he's contributed to textbooks on plastic surgery. Your remarkable knowledge, but also your grace at delivering content, which is why it's been a blessing to have you on my show so many times. It's clear that when it comes to skin and aging, this doctor knows what he's talking about. John, the public wants to know. The public doesn't give a damn. <laughs> As a really, really gifted physician, uh, I want to pay you the, the highest tribute I can give to a surgeon, which is when people come to you, they don't come for an operation, they come for an opinion. And that's why I trust you with my uh, friends and relatives. When I was a resident at the University of Chicago, we had a... That means you're smart. I didn't realize we were going to get the Michael Jordan of plastic surgeon. 90210 bows to this guy. And welcome. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle? Right here on WABC. And uh, here we are, July 1st. It's always uh, interesting. Right in the middle of the year. And, boy, it's so humid out, isn't it? It uh, it makes it difficult to do work outside. But uh, with this long weekend, I'm sure a lot of you are outside. You're gardening. You're at the beach. You're doing all sorts of things. And hopefully you're all wearing your SPF. And you want a 30 on a weekend like this. Even if those clouds roll in, don't forget, you're going to get burned even if there are clouds. All right, tonight we've got a big show planned for you. I had so many topics last week, we did not get to them because the board was absolutely filled with callers. And I'm sure we'll get more callers tonight, but let's see if we can get to some of the topics from last week. This is the show about you, a show about wrinkles, a show about fat deposits on your hip. This is a show about, oh, about brown splotchy pigmentation and ears that protrude and big noses and small noses. Small, no, really. Some people come to me because their noses are too small. Well, this is a show about all those things. It's the cosmetic surgery, plastic surgery, dermatology, fashion. Yeah, we'll talk about all those things. And even tonight, we're going to talk about joint replacement. And boy, we've got a great guest next week also. So so stay tuned, sit back, and enjoy the show. 800-848-9222. 800-848-WABC. And I think there's some sort of tornado rolling in on the west of us here, but hopefully we, we won't get knocked off the air. It's not really a tornado. But there's some really pretty big winds coming in. I guess there's a severe thunderstorm uh, watch. Well, that's it for the weather reporting. Now uh, let's talk about you. And let's talk about rhinoplasties this evening. We're going to also talk about surgery to look like celebrities. This time it's Melania. Melania has been uh, imitated by, uh, by many people, apparently. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that. And uh, we're also going to talk about that cluster of infections. Oh, boy, this is a big thing now. It's a cluster of infections in cosmetic surgery. And thankfully, it's not in the United States, but there are Americans going down to the Dominican Republic for cosmetic surgery. And there's all sorts of problems, and it's a big cluster. This is the second time this has happened. Be careful. We're going to talk all about that. We're going to talk about a procedure that I'm going to recommend that you do not have. So tonight we're going to talk about something that I think there's something that's just too risky to even have. And I'm a plastic surgeon. I love operating. But this is not one you're going to want to have. So in order to find out, you're going to have to stay tuned to the show, 800 848 
848-WABC. And uh, tonight we're going to be giving away bars of Clean Time. Clean Time is a wonderful soap. How many of you have tried uh, Clean Time? Put your hands up out there. I see a lot of you. Good. Well, Clean Time is a great soap. And if you watched me, did you watch on HSN this week? I hope you did. And hopefully you guys, uh, my audience from New York, helped support the products that you have come to love. Uh, we had uh, all the different products on HSN last week, and they sold very well. Thank you. Uh, but tonight we're going to talk a little bit about Clean Time, which is a perfect soap. It really is. And a lot of people think, well, why why did a plastic surgeon come up with a soap? I mean, a soap. It turns out that soap is probably the most toxic thing you put on your body in terms of everybody, the average person, men and women. It is really quite toxic because the stuff that you're happily soaping up and cleaning your skin off, for the most part, 97% in the supermarket, in the, uh, in the store where you buy soap, it's got the wrong pH. The acidity is alkaline. Your skin should be acidic. And what does that mean to you? It doesn't mean too much, does it? Well, it, it really does. Because when you apply something alkaline to your skin, you kind of screw up the balance, the pH balance of your skin, and you allow bacteria and fungus to grow on your skin. Just like a piece of cheese left out on your table, bacteria and fungus will grow on it very quickly. Uh, the same thing happens to your skin if it's the wrong pH. Our bodies were designed very beautifully to have a pH of 5.5, that's our skin pH. Now, our, our inside of our body is different. That's, that's in the mid-range. It's 7.4. Water is 7. I don't want to give you a chemistry lesson here. Lemon juice is somewhere around 2, and baking soda is in the 13 range, right? Remember that from 10th grade chemistry? Those of you who did well on Regents exams, well, your skin should be 5.5, and, and if it's kept at 5.5, you will not have that shift that you get every time you wash your face with alkaline soap. The other problem with soap is that almost all soaps contain toxins, toxins like things uh, called sulfates. Sulfates are not so good. Uh, what are they? They are the frothing agent in soap. And why do, we, uh, why do we use those? Well, you know, everybody wants a nice lather, right? The problem is the sulfates cause irritation in 100% of people. 100% of people. It's really quite amazing. Uh, so uh, I didn't want sulfates in my products. I wanted uh, something that did not cause irritation. And where do we find that? Well, how about root beer? Root beer is a frothing agent, right? It's got a froth in it. Uh, you know, you open up that can of root beer and out it, out it flows. It froths. Well, turns out there's a plant called the Chilean soap bark plant. How's that? It's called Kiyaha is the chemical in it, and it froths so beautifully. You're going to love it when you try it. That's what I put in my clean time. So we're giving away bars of clean time tonight to legitimate callers. And uh, Mike, I guess the uh, the storm kind of knocked out the board for me, so you'll have to call out the callers in my ear uh, beforehand because uh, there's something wrong with that. But I guess there's a storm coming through at this point. All right. So tonight we're going to talk about all sorts of things, and the first uh, the first thing I want to talk about is nasal reshaping. One of my favorite procedures is the rhinoplasty. And a rhinoplasty, it's a fancy word, right? Rhino means nose. Plasty means to change the shape of. That's how we get these names. We want to mystify you in plastic surgery and come up with, uh, with names like that. So rhinoplasty is a procedure that's, uh, oh, a good 100 years old, and it gets more and more sophisticated every year. And about 20 or so years ago, there was a major shift in the type of rhinoplasties done 
and uh, to one where the incisions are all on the inside of the nose to, interestingly, what's called an open rhinoplasty, which makes incisions outside outside the uh, nose. So there's a little bit of, uh, of an incision between the nostrils. The nostrils, uh, we, uh, we make a small incision, we lift up the skin of the nose, and that is uh, called an open rhinoplasty. We're able to see the cartilages and the bones of the nose and do a much more accurate job of reshaping the nose. And that's the type of rhinoplasty that I do now. It's called an open rhinoplasty. There are still people that do the closed rhinoplasty, but those of us who do open rhinoplasties think that uh, it's a, a much more accurate procedure. Well, all procedures in cosmetic surgery have the potential for problems, everything. You know, even taking off a mole, we can get an infection or a bad scar or something like that. And rhinoplasty also is one of those procedures that has some risks. The largest study ever done, the largest study ever done on rhinoplasty complications was just published. They had 130,000 rhinoplasty patients. Actually, uh, I'm sorry, 130,000 cosmetic surgery patients, of which about 5,000 were rhinoplasty patients, which is, which is a lot, a lot. The average plastic surgeon does, uh, you know, several dozen rhinoplasties a year, maybe. You know, some do none, and some do 100. Very few do more than that. Uh, the overall complication rate in this particular study, which I believe is the largest study ever on rhinoplasty, much lower than we all expected. It was less than 1%. That's, that's really quite good. And it's good for you if you're thinking of having a rhinoplasty. So uh, when we do a rhinoplasty, what we're really doing, we're changing the shape of the bones and the cartilage of the nose. And we're doing that by lifting up the skin, as I told you, in an open rhinoplasty. And, oh, boy, I'll tell you, if, if you're squeamish, you might not want to hear what I'm going to say. But we actually use these little carpentry instruments. Really do. They're chisels and rasps and things that uh, you might see a carpenter using on a piece of uh, furniture, but they're very, very precise, these uh, particular instruments, and much more expensive than the the ones that we get at Home Depot, by the way. Uh, So uh, we actually make little cuts in the bone, and we shave the bone down, and we shave down the cartilage, and then we make very strategic removals of cartilage in most situations. And sometimes we actually put that cartilage back in other spots. And that's called a graft. When we take tissue from one part of the body and put it in another, in this case it's one part of the nose, and we put it in another part of the nose. So an open rhinoplasty usually does all of those things. Uh, that means we're, we're making some things a little bigger, some things a little smaller in the nose. We're changing the angles of the nose. No two noses are alike to begin with. And if your plastic surgeon makes everybody the same, there's, there's a name for that. It's called the signature nose. And I'm sure you, uh, you saw that back when I was a kid. There was, uh, there was a plastic surgeon in the New York area that everybody went to, and uh, he did the same rhinoplasty on everybody. And you knew it when you saw it on the street. That was, I won't mention the name of the doctor. He's no, no longer alive. Uh, but you knew it was that nose. So we don't want to do that. We want to individualize the procedure. So what are the complications that can occur with a rhinoplasty? The most common complication is aesthetic in nature. That means a less than perfect result. We'd like all our results to be perfect, but, you know, sometimes that doesn't happen. So in a rhinoplasty, anywhere from 10 to 20% of people, that's a lot, 10 to 20% of people require something else. So when we come back from our break, we're going to talk a little bit more about rhinoplasty, and we've got an orthopedic surgeon talking about joint replacement coming up, 800-848-9222. We'll be right back.
Did you know that most skincare doesn't help your skin and most products contain toxins? I'm plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry, and I've designed the world's simplest skincare program, and my products are effective and safe. Start your day with clean time, invigorating soap made with the right pH and without sulfates or other toxins. Then protect your skin with daytime SPF 20. Before sleep, massage in nighttime to feed nutrients that are scientifically proven to reduce the appearance of wrinkles and improve skin tone. My skincare reduces signs of aging by over 50% with six months of use. These three products are all that's needed in your skincare program, and with a WABC code, all three are yours for $75, a savings of $35. But hurry, when the summer's over, so is this offer. Call 844 Dr. Perry. That's 844 Dr. Perry. Or order on drperrys.com. That's D R P E R R Y S.com. If you still not refinance your mortgage, well, soon you may be kicking yourself in the head. Hi, I'm Wes the Hogan with Lennox Financial, and interest rates have gone up recently and will continue to rise, but they're still at historical lows. So don't delay. Let us lower your monthly payment, consolidate a first and second, pay off other debt, or drop you into a 15-year loan with no closing costs. That's right. Nothing's rolled into your loan. We'll pay for your appraisal, title, underwriting, settlement fee, everything. Do not miss out on this historic opportunity. Whether to purchase or refinance, you'll pay no closing costs. You won't spend a dime. Think about it. All it takes is a five-minute phone call to find out how we can save you hundreds or even thousands of dollars a year. Lennox Financial is also proud to offer reverse mortgages for our clients over 62. So call Lennox Financial, 888-455-3669. That's 888-455-3669. It's the biggest no-brainer in the history of mankind. Call us at 888-455-3669. Lennox Financial Mortgage Corporation is located at 200 East Sandpoint Avenue, Suite 800, Santa Ana, California, 92707, and is a mortgage banker licensed by the New York State Banking Department. NMLS number 3304. Not all loans apply. Equalizing lender. I've cut way back on salt. And I ate lots of salmon and broccoli. I exercise to lower my blood pressure. (laughs) Because you're so stressed. Because I try to do everything I can to be around for me and for you. When we take care of our own hearts, we're also taking care of the people closest to us. So it's comforting to know that RWJ Barnabas Health has New Jersey's most comprehensive cardiac care program. With access to top specialists, minimally invasive heart surgery options, and rehabilitation and wellness programs that strengthen and protect hearts. We're also home to the state's most experienced valve replacement team, and we're one of the nation's top five heart transplant centers. So get your heart checked. It's as easy as visiting rwjbh.org slash heart for an appointment. I plan on being around for us a long, long time. Me too. Your heart doesn't beat just for you. RWJ Barnabas Health. Let's be healthy together. to What's Your Wrinkle with Dr. Arthur Perry. What's your wrinkle? And we're back. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WABC. And the uh, storms are uh, plowing through New Jersey now. Uh, If they haven't hit Manhattan yet, they will in a minute. There are no windows in the studio, so Mike is wondering how I can see those uh, storms. All right, so we were talking about rhinoplasties. Rhinoplasties are one of the uh, more common procedures that I do. And I have to say... They are my favorite procedure. And the reason rhinoplasties are my favorite procedure is because they are the most creative procedures in all of cosmetic surgery. They really are. No two noses are alike. No two procedures are alike. So when I do a rhinoplasty, it's different on everybody. And, uh, and you know, I always say that it is a very artistic and very difficult procedure. Most plastic surgeons will acknowledge that, at least amongst cosmetic surgical procedures, 
the rhinoplasty is the most difficult procedure. Certainly there are more difficult procedures in plastic surgery, such as, you know, uh, separating conjoined twins. That's certainly more difficult than a rhinoplasty. And microsurgical uh, uh, free tissue transfers, yeah, they're, they're a little bit more difficult. But certainly in the cosmetic surgery world, rhinoplasties are uh, considered the most difficult. And one of the reasons, by the way, is because we could do the exact same procedure on two patients and the result might come out a little bit differently because you heal differently. So that makes uh, this procedure very challenging. But I love uh, performing rhinoplasties. And you might ask, what are the ages that people have these? Well, certainly it's uh, well over 90% women that have rhinoplasties. Uh, and there are two, two kind of groups of people that have rhinoplasties. There's the starting at 14-year-old girls. 14, and a lot of people ask me, what is the age? It's, it's really about 14 because that's when most of the nose growth has been completed. In a girl, by, in a boy, it's more like 16, 17. But in a girl, uh, we often will do a rhinoplasty on uh, teenagers in high school or in early college or just after college. That is uh, probably the peak year for rhinoplasty surgery. The second peak is after you have your children. So you go through your uh, 20s and uh, mid-30s or so, and a lot of people come into my office towards the end of the 30s and say, you know, it's me time now. I've, I've had my children, and I've wanted to have my nose done for for a long time, and now I'm financially able to do that. And, uh, and so rhinoplasties are pretty common in the end of the 30s, early 40s. And I do do uh, quite a few in women in their 50s and 60s, but it's a different rhinoplasty when you're older. It's a different rhinoplasty because uh, the bones are more brittle, the cartilage is different, so we have to do it very differently. All right, we have a, a great guest from the Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital, uh, Dr. Stephen Kairos. Have I pronounced it right, Dr. Kairos? Uh, that's correct, Dr. Perry. Pretty close? <laughs> okay. Yeah, close. Uh, Dr. Okay, Dr. Kairos is a clinical assistant professor at the Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital in New Brunswick, New Jersey, and he is a, an orthopedic surgeon at the University Orthopedic Associates. Uh, and he operates all, the hospitals all in uh, in New Brunswick. And Robert Wood Johnson has uh, many centers of excellence, and one of the centers is orthopedic surgery. And I'll tell you, they have some absolutely terrific orthopedic surgeons. So, so we have Dr. Stephen Kairos, and he is a joint replacement surgeon. So we talk about specialties within uh, plastic surgery. Well, there are specialties within orthopedic surgery also. He's board certified. He's a clinical assistant professor. And uh, I want to thank you for taking time on your Saturday evening. And uh, Dr. Kairos, tell me first, what are the, some of the orthopedic surgery capabilities available to patients at Robert Wood Johnson? Well, uh, at Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital, uh, we offer a, a broad range of uh, orthopedic surgery services, including um, anterior approach, hip replacement surgery, minimally invasive partial and total knee replacement surgery, comprehensive uh, fracture care through our uh, trauma specialists, in addition to um, uh, cervical uh, disc replacement of the spine, um, hip arthroscopy, a host of sports uh, medicine uh, type procedures and uh, complex uh, uh, spinal surgery and correction of spinal deformity surgery as well. So all the, the newest and the cutting edge, no pun intended, procedures in orthopedic surgery you're doing right here at the Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital 
in New Brunswick. So I, I want to ask you first about trauma surgery. Then I tell you, the, the anterior approach, approach to uh, hip replacement has interested me for years, so I want to talk to you about that afterwards. But, but first, tell me about the trauma surgery program with the orthopedic surgeons, because Robert Johnson is a level one trauma center. I know that they're on alert this weekend for President Trump, because Robert Wood Johnson is the designated hospital for the president when he's in New Jersey. So tell us a little bit, of, and hopefully they'll never have to see him, uh, but tell us a little bit about trauma surgery with an orthopedic surgery approach. Sure. Well, Robert Wood Johnson Hospital uh, is one of the three, one of only three level one trauma centers in the state of New Jersey, and we're also one of two um, certified pediatric trauma surgeries, pediatric trauma centers in the state as well. And so we're equipped um, to take care of the uh, most seriously injured and critically ill patients um, resulting from uh, uh, injuries and motor vehicle accidents, um, just to name a few. Um, Many of these cases involve orthopedic trauma, serious injuries to the bone, joints, and soft tissues as well as to the rest of the body. And so at the um, Level 1 Trauma Center at Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital, we have experienced trauma surgeons um, in orthopedics who are specifically trained uh, to take care of these uh, very complex uh, injuries um, so that we can restore patients uh, back to where they were before uh, these uh, uh, devastating uh, traumas. And a level one trauma center is such an important entity, and I'm so happy that Robert Johnson is a level one trauma center. That means that you guys, the surgeons, basically live in the hospital waiting, waiting for things. And I want to correct something I said a minute ago. We, I said, well, I hope we never see uh, President Trump at the hospital. I meant as a patient. I'd love to see him tour the hospital. <laughs> so let's not get that wrong. All right. We talked. Uh, we talked last year. You were a guest on the show last year, and we talked about the anterior approach to hip replacement. Uh, but I know that you're uh, you're using another technique now for hip uh, for knee replacement. I guess it is handheld. This is really cool. Handheld smartphone navigation. So we need to hear about that, and then we'll talk a little bit more about the uh, anterior approach. Go ahead. Yeah, this is really cutting edge. Uh, we're basically um, using a handheld. Uh, computer navigation uh, technology to perform knee replacement surgery. And the uh, device basically has an accelerometer as well as a gyroscope, which is basically used in smartphone technology. And in the palm of our hands, we can literally uh, map out exactly where we do the cuts for the knee replacement so that uh, we can align the prosthesis uh, exactly where we want it to, which uh, results in a better outcome for the patient and a more um, precisely aligned uh, implant uh, for that patient's anatomy. That is, that is so cool. So you're, are you actually using like an iPhone to help you with surgery? Well, it's, it's, we're not, it's not exactly an iPhone, but um, it's uh, similar in, the, in, the, in regards to the, the actual device um, is sterilized um, and is about the size of an, uh, of an iPhone, if not a little bit, maybe a little bit larger. And um, we use it during the surgery, um, and we can exactly map out uh, the mechanical axis of the patient's leg so that we can uh, navigate uh, where we want to do the cuts 
um, for the knee replacement so that uh, we can align the implant exactly where we want it to be. That's that's really quite amazing. Uh, it really is. So with this new cutting edge, and I always say that with surgery, but with no pun intended, really, but with this cutting edge technology, what does it mean for patients? What advantage to the average person who has a, a procedure by you uh, is there for, with that technology? Well, ultimately, <clears throat> we want to give patients the best uh, outcome and result possible. And so with this technology, we, want, we can reduce complications, uh, such as blood loss during the procedure, um, and this device can lead to a faster uh, rehab for the patient because we're using real-time da- uh, data to navigate and align the implant, and so um, we don't have to get anything before surgery like a preoperative MRI or a CT scan, and so the accuracy and the immediacy of the data is real-time in the operating room uh, which leads to, obviously, less time, and this leads to a better outcome for the patient. Really amazing stuff, and I'm so happy that, that you're at Robert Wood Johnson doing this. And, by the way, just a little bit of background, uh, Dr. Kayar- Kayar- you're you have a very difficult name to pronounce. Kayaros is uh, board-certified in orthopedic surgery. He's at the Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital in New Brunswick, New Jersey, and he completed uh, his residency at Brown University, an Ivy League university, and did a fellowship in adult reconstruction and joint replacement at the Hospital for Special Surgery in New York City. And many of my listeners know that hospital. And uh, we're so happy to have you at Robert Wood Johnson bringing that kind of quality to the hospital. But we've known, uh, I've been at Robert Wood Johnson since 1987, and the orthopedic department is one of the strongest departments at Robert Wood Johnson. It, it has been for decades now, and I have many friends. And, uh, in fact, uh, one of your colleagues operated on my mother a couple of years ago, uh, did a hip repair on her and did it flawlessly, and I, I still am appreciative. So, uh, So that's great. So with this new technology, though, you've got uh, you've got benefits for patients, benefits for you as a surgeon. We got about fifteen seconds or so. You're still doing the anterior approach and the hip surgery that we talked about last year. That's exactly right, Dr. Perry. Yeah, we're still doing the anterior approach, uh, and that allows us to do the hip replacement without cutting any muscles or tendons around the hip, and so that uh, results in a very quick recovery for the patient. It's a, pretty much seamless um, for the patient afterwards. All right. So uh, orthopedic surgery at the Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital. It's one of their specialties, one of their centers of excellence. And you can call the hospital at 888-MDRWJUH, MDRWJUH. And we'll be back after these words. Thanks so much, Dr. Carriars. I've cut way back on salt. And I ate lots of salmon and broccoli. I exercise to lower my blood pressure. (laughs) Because you're so stressed. Because I try to do everything I can to be around for me and for you. When we take care of our own hearts, we're also taking care of the people closest to us. So it's comforting to know that RWJ Barnabas Health has New Jersey's most comprehensive cardiac care program. With access to top specialists, minimally invasive heart surgery options, and rehabilitation and wellness programs that strengthen and protect hearts. We're also home to the state's most experienced valve replacement team, and we're one of the nation's top five heart transplant centers. So get your heart checked. It's as easy as visiting rwjbh.org slash heart for an appointment. I plan on being around for us a long, long time. Me too. Your heart doesn't beat just for you. 
RWJ Barnabas Health. Let's be healthy together. Warning. If you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back, because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $5,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-600-3166. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee, so there's no risk. For free information, call now. 1-800-600-3166. That's 1-800-600-3166. 1-800-600-3166. In New York, policies issued by the United States Life Insurance Company in the city of New York in New York and other U.S. states, policies issued by the American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. Do you have a family? Would you like to help make sure they'll be taken care of if anything were to happen to you? If you answered yes, you probably need life insurance. Now, do you think life insurance is expensive? If you answered yes to that, too, you definitely need to give AIG Direct a call. We could find you a quarter of a million dollar policy for just $14 a month, which means you could save hundreds of dollars a year. Since 1995, we've helped millions of people find out if they could save up to 70% on term life insurance. See how affordably we can help you protect your family. Call AIG Direct now to receive a free, no-obligation quote. 1-800-440-1887. You could save up to 70%. That's 1-800-440-1887. 1-800-440-1887. I'm Scott Tannen, founder of Bull & Branch, where you can get the world's most comfortable sheets for less than half of what you'd pay in the store. Our sheets are made from 100% organic cotton and get softer over time. Even three U.S. presidents have Bull & Branch sheets. Try them for 30 nights. If you don't love them, send them back for a full refund. Go to BullAndBranch.com today for $50 off your first set of sheets, plus free shipping with promo code SLEEP. Spelled B-O-L-L and Branch.com. That's BullAndBranch.com, promo code SLEEP. A senior software engineer is wanted in New York, New York, to design, build, test, and deploy phases of proprietary software, implement software, interface with business logic, digital asset management, and web applications, utilize Java, JavaScript, Agile, Scrum, SDLC, financial applications, and equities, FX, derivatives, applications. May require one trip per quarter to travel to digital assets, global locations, and client sites. Send resume to digital Asset, Attention Human Resources, 96 Spring Street, 8th Floor, New York, New York, 10012. You're listening to What's Your Wrinkle with Dr. Arthur Perry. What's your wrinkle? What is your wrinkle? That's the name of the show. That is what we talk about. Wrinkles, 800-848-9222, 800-848-WABC. So I really uh, didn't do a great job with the pronunciation of Dr. Kairos's name. So now I got it, Kairos. There he is. He's a great orthopedic surgeon. This this guy has a reputation around uh, Robert Wood Johnson as a stellar orthopedic surgeon, and uh, he's doing the the coolest things: outpatient hip and knee replacements. Outpatient. Can you imagine that? Boy, I'll tell you. When I was a resident thirty years ago. Those things, uh, hip replacements, were maybe four days in the hospital. 
You're doing them as outpatients now. Minimally invasive anterior approach to hip replacements, just incredible. Really, the, the changes in orthopedic surgery, and I apologize for making the carpentry remark before. I actually said it about plastic surgeons. We use these little carpentry instruments. You should really see the orthopedic instruments. Those are really the carpentry. <laughs> anyway, all right, so uh, I want to thank him. Next week, we've got an incredible guest. We have Dr. Thomas Einstein coming on. Dr. Einstein is an anesthesiologist who specializes in plastic surgery anesthesia, and yes, that name, he is the great-grandson of Albert Einstein, and uh, I'm so happy to have uh, Dr. Einstein as a guest next week. I know how to pronounce his name. <laughs> All right, so we, uh, we have a lot to talk about today. We, uh, we're finishing up our discussion of rhinoplasty, but we do have Howie on the phone. Howie's been waiting all through the interview. Howie, what can I do for you? What's your wrinkle? Hi, Dr. Perry. Uh, first thing I wanted to tell you is in Queens it is not raining yet, but it does disguise look a little threatening, so we'll see. All right, we've got our weather report from Queens. It's moving west to east. There you go. <laughs> All right, Howie, what can I do for you? Okay, so I was just curious. Um, you've been talking about your uh, your clean time soap, and I was wondering if if uh, when I get this, would I be able to use it uh, in lieu of shaving cream? Because I get really bad razor bumps on my neck. Yeah, that's a great question, Howie, and you, you might be able to. I have used it to shave. It froths so nicely. You know, the essence of a shaving cream, you know, a lot of people think there's a magic to this. Well, there is a little bit of magic. It's got to have enough slip on the skin so that your razor slides nicely across your skin, and it's got to have froth. You really do. This is one where you do need lather, so we want to lather up, and my, uh, my soap does that. So you can wash your hair with it, and you can shave, and I would recommend if you shave with clean time, Use one of those shaving brushes to really lather it up, okay. and uh, and you will be able to. Whether or not it helps your shaving bumps, I don't know if it's going to because they're they're a little complex and they're due to a bunch of different things. One is the razor that you're using because sometimes the hairs get embedded underneath the skin and create razor bumps. And other, it, it combines with irritation. Now, I can tell you that my soap is not going to irritate you like so many do. So there's no sulfates in it, and that's the big thing. That's the big irritator of skin. And if you get irritation, you, you're going to be a little bit more likely to get razor bumps. So uh, okay. you know, I'd be anxious to hear, hear how it works. So you're going to get the bar of soap. Give us a call in a couple of weeks and let us know. Okay, Howie? I'll do it. All right, great. Thanks so much for calling. And uh, this is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WABC. So have you heard about the Melania? <laughs> well, we know Melania, you know, President Trump's wife. Well, turns out that's the hottest trend. Is it? I'm not sure. One plastic surgeon is saying it's the hottest trend in plastic surgery. So there's a plastic surgeon in Texas who, uh, and I'm not, I'm not going to say his name, because I think this is not the best thing, I'll be honest with you. He is doing a Melania makeover. Yeah, can you believe that? He's doing a Melania makeover. So he's making women look like Melania. And uh, he said, well, he used to do the Ivanka, but now Melania is uh, more popular. And he's doing all sorts of uh, facial procedures including he does facial procedures like rhinoplasty, like we just talked about. He's doing breast reductions, liposuction, a Brazilian butt lift, and an eyelid lift, all to make you look like Melania. So, you know, I read this in uh, that uh, very important uh, 
journal that plastic surgeons look at. It's called the New York Post. <laughs> they talked about the Melania and this plastic surgeon in Texas doing this. And, and let me tell you, if someone came into my office and said, I want to look like Melania or I want to look like uh, anyone, anyone, you know, uh, any particular, you name the celebrity, you want to look like that celebrity, well, a plastic surgeon should say, no. No, we don't do that. That's not what plastic surgery is all about. We're not here to make you look like someone else. You know, I'm sorry, that is uh, not exactly what we're supposed to be doing. So what are we supposed to be doing? We're supposed to help you look better for your your appearance. Uh, if you have an objectionable feature like kind of extra fat around the hips or uh, a nose that's too large or, uh, or sagging jowls, we can help you make you look better. But I was on a TV program about, uh, I guess it was two or three years ago, and everyone on the program was the Cunningham Show, Bill Cunningham Show. My wife told me, don't do this show, but uh, I did the show. And everybody on the show wanted to look like someone else. And these people went through dozens of operations. One wanted to look like Justin Bieber. Uh, you know, it was just uh, really uh, kind of interesting. And I got up towards the end of the show, and I said, every one of you is one procedure away from disaster. And I, I thought they were going to throw tomatoes at me. It was <laughs> I wasn't quite prepared for that kind of a show. It was like the Maury Povich experience uh, or the old Geraldo shows. But, uh, you know, so it was a very interesting experience. And this reminded me of that when I read this in the post. You know, uh, we don't want to uh, to try and make you look like someone else. And I, and I do think that there are some real psychological issues if you do want to look like someone else. It's fine to look like yourself, and it's fine to go to a plastic surgeon to help you look better for yourself. But we don't want to do the Melania. I think Melania is beautiful. We don't want to make people look like Melania. All right. So how about the infections, the infections in the Dominican Republic? Boy, this is some story, and it's getting worse. It's all over now. It's all over the... Uh, the uh, newspapers and radio and TV because uh, it appears that this is expanding. So here's the story. Medical tourism is really quite common for Americans going to Central America, the Dominican Republic, the, uh, the Caribbean islands, the um, South America. People go to South America and these different countries, and now India, believe it or not, and Korea and Thailand. Why are people going? Well, they're going because it's cheaper, not because the medical care is any better, not because it's superior, not because of anything other than the fact that you save quite a bit of money if you have your surgery in, let's say, the Dominican Republic. So now the uh, New York City Health Department and the Centers for Disease Control have issued a warning. There's a cluster of skin infections associated with plastic surgery in the Dominican Republic. And this particular bacteria is one of the tuberculosis bacteria. So it's not pulmonary, not lung tuberculosis, but it's a cousin of that. It's called Mycobacterium abscessus. That's the, and there's a, actually a couple different of these mycobacterium, and they're very hard to treat. They're very hard to treat. So one woman from the Bronx, uh, this was in the paper last week, Linda McFarlane, she went to the Dominican Republic, had cosmetic surgery, and she wound up getting a terrible infection in her breast and wound up uh, um, coming back to the United States, having trouble getting uh, care. And, uh, you know, one of the problems is when you uh, try to get a plastic surgeon in the United States to take care of you, unfortunately, with a medical malpractice situation that we, we have right now, hopefully they're going to fix that in the federal government, uh, that plastic surgeon that has to see the patient with the complication can be named in a lawsuit. I mean, it's crazy. 
And one of the reasons a patient might want to do that is because that particular Dominican Republic plastic surgeon didn't have malpractice insurance. You're not going to be able to sue that doctor. So unfortunately, uh, doctors are kind of timid to take care of the complications uh, of people who have had uh, the, uh, care or surgery in other countries. That's called medical tourism, and it's becoming a bigger and bigger problem. So there were 10 now, 10 of these patients that have been seen in the New York area. Uh, I think there's one in the Florida area, one in the Atlanta area. Uh, but these people are really suffering. They're getting terrible infections, and how are they getting them? They're getting them because the either the instruments weren't cleaned properly or the materials, the reusable materials, uh, rather the uh, single-use materials were old. So uh, when they, uh, when my sutures expire, I throw them out. But we do get emails saying, you know, send us for ten cents on the dollar your expired things, and we're going to use them uh, for surgery on veterinary animals or experiments or things like that. But a lot of these, I think, wind up in South America and those clinics that we're talking about here. So this particular woman had surgery for $5,300. Uh, that was her breast surgery and other surgery. And uh, apparently that was uh, a fraction of what it would have been in the United States for the multitude of procedures that she had. Uh, but now she's got a, a real big problem, and, uh, and she says she has a hole in her breast and, and other issues. So be very, very careful. I always say if you're worried about drinking the water in a particular country, why would you want to have surgery there? You know, kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Uh, and I'm not saying that other countries don't have good surgeons and good hospitals. Many do. I don't know about the Dominican Republic, but certainly there are countries and uh, doctors in Brazil that are world-class, hospitals that are world-class. But how do you know? It's pretty easy in the United States to check on your doctor. You want a board-certified plastic surgeon. You want a facility that is uh, certified. You can check on the uh, whether there's been malpractice and things like that by your surgeon. How do you do that in the Dominican Republic? All right, more to the show. Stay tuned, 800-848-9222. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. We'll be back after these words. Aging really does sneak up on us, doesn't it? Well, there is something you can do to help you look as young as you feel. I'm plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry, and I've spent three decades perfecting techniques to help you look younger. If you have sagging eyelids, wrinkles, jowls, bands in the neck, or splotchy skin, I can help. Schedule a consultation in my new Fifth Avenue or my Somerset, New Jersey offices, and we'll sit down for a full hour and come up with a plan just for you. This year, there are some great new procedures like longer-lasting wrinkle fillers and the incredible InstaLift, which dramatically lifts your cheeks and jowls in a one-hour exam room procedure. Schedule a consultation by calling 212-753-1820. That's 212-753-1820. On the web, it's periplasticsurgery.com. That's periplasticsurgery.com. And don't forget to listen to me, Dr. Arthur Perry, every Saturday at 6 p.m. right here on WABC. Tom, what do you like best about this job? I like to see the look on people's faces when they see the difference we made. Describe that difference. We make places feel big and clean. We give people a fresh start, a do-over, a brand new day with birds singing and everything. And what do we say to people? All you have to do is point. And whatever you're pointing at will disappear. And what happens after it disappears? We recycle the recyclables and donate the donatables so planet Earth stays happy and healthy. I love planet Earth. Me too. It's my favorite planet. So they point, junk disappears, 
And we do the right things with it. Right. Very right. And when do we do all this? We come when it's convenient for you. We work until midnight, seven days a week, so you never have to take off work to meet us. Call 1-800-GOT-JUNK or visit 1-800-GOT-JUNK.COM. Did you know that most skincare doesn't help your skin and most products contain toxins? I'm plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry, and I've designed the world's simplest skincare program, and my products are effective and safe. Start your day with clean time, invigorating soap made with the right pH and without sulfates or other toxins. Then protect your skin with daytime SPF 20. Before sleep, massage in nighttime to feed nutrients that are scientifically proven to reduce the appearance of wrinkles and improve skin tone. My skincare reduces signs of aging by over 50% with six months of use. These three products are all that's needed in your skincare program, and with a WABC code, all three are yours for $75, a savings of $35. But hurry, when the summer's over, so is this offer. Call 844-DR-PERRY. That's 844-DR-PERRY. Or order on drperrys.com. That's D-R-P-E-R-R-Y-S.com. You're listening to What's Your Wrinkle with Dr. Arthur Perry. What's your wrinkle? And we're back. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here. On WABC, 800-848-9222 is the phone number, 800-848-WABC. So I do a lot of surgical procedures and a lot of office-based procedures. So I do things like facelifts and rhinoplasties that we talked about a little while ago. I do eyelid lifts, and I do breast augmentations and breast reductions and tummy tucks and things like that. Uh, So I do a lot of these uh, different procedures. But one procedure that I do not do is... Fat grafting to the buttocks. Have you heard about that one? Of course you have. There's, it's gotten so much publicity. So much. We, you know, and it sounds like such a great idea, right? We just take some of the fat from your from your abdomen, maybe, if you've got a little extra there. Who doesn't? Um, how about maybe a little from your flanks or uh, from your uh, saddlebags? Why not? Most people have more than enough fat to donate. So then we harvest that fat. We uh, collect it. We purify it. And then we inject it into places that you want it. So maybe your breasts, maybe uh, your nasolabial folds, and maybe the buttocks. So the buttock augmentation is a procedure that started only a few years ago. And I mentioned this uh, when the press release came out a few weeks ago, but now the paper was just published in our journal. And this is the most dangerous procedure in all of plastic surgery the most dangerous procedure, and the risks of this procedure are, uh, are getting a what's called a pulmonary fat embolism. That means the fat that gets uh, is supposed to be injected into your buttocks, if you want a larger buttocks, can get into one of the large blood vessels and travel to the lungs, and there have been many deaths now in the United States. Now, the most notorious are the ones that are kind of the back alley liposuction uh, procedures, you know, and almost literally back alley. Some are done in people's garages. Uh, there have been deaths in hotels, that one in Philadelphia a couple of years ago at the airport. Uh, there have been these uh, practitioners, if you want to call them that, that have gone to Home Depot to, uh, to literally, I'm not, I'm not making this up, and they've gotten 
airplane-grade silicone material and injected it into the buttocks. But they've also harvested fat. I mean, it takes the ultimate in, uh, I don't know what. I mean, what does it take to operate on another human being if you're not a trained doctor? Can you imagine that? I, I can't even imagine. You know, even as a physician, as a trained, a board-certified plastic surgeon, I don't do procedures that I'm not trained to do. You know, so the idea of someone operating on someone else when they're not even a doctor is just mind-boggling. But I guess some people have no ethics, no morals, and don't care if they kill people. But we're talking now not about those people. They're bad enough. We're talking about real board-certified plastic surgeons doing fat grafting to the buttocks. And unfortunately, the death rate, the death rate is about 1 in 2,000. Can you imagine that? The death rate. So when and these are young, healthy women for the most part. Young, they're they're women in their twenties for the most part. That's who gets this procedure. And we're talking about a one in two thousand. So we're not talking about you know cardiac surgery where someone might have diabetes and uh, and all sorts of medical problems and and needs life saving surgery. We're talking about a young, healthy person who just wants to look better. So. In, in our National Society published this paper, and there were uh, some editorials, and one of the editorials asked the question is, how much risk is too much? And, you know, I know that organized medicine, they generally don't say don't do it. They don't, because it, it's kind of hard to uh, to absolutely slam the lid on a procedure, but I'm going to say that. <laughs> I'm going to say don't do it. I think it is way too dangerous to have fat grafting to the buttock. When I read data like this, that is an unacceptable risk. You know, what is the risk of a rhinoplasty? You know, there's risk in everything, right? There's risk when you get out of your car and cross the street. I got hit by a bicycle on 2nd Avenue a couple of years ago. Can you imagine that? But there's a risk of driving around the city. The risk of dying any given year is 1 in 2,000 if you drive around the streets of Manhattan. Uh, you know, but those are, those are, so those are risks. The risk of dying in surgery is so much less now. Overall, it's one and half a million. And we'll talk to Dr. Einstein about that next week because it's one of the understated things in medicine, the safety of general anesthesia, the safety of surgery now. So when I see something so dangerous that one in 2,000 people are dying because there's just no way we can prevent the fat from going in those blood vessels, all I can say is you got to be out of your mind to do that procedure, and you have to be out of your mind to have that procedure. So that's what I say. I know that that uh, might not make some of my colleagues happy who do that procedure, uh, but we all have to live with uh, with ourselves, and I would not do a procedure that, that is that risky for vanity. You know, again, if you're having heart surgery, if you need a liver transplant, we have to accept higher risks. But I don't think you have to accept higher risks for surgery like that. All right, I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. We've got someone on the line. I don't know the name, Jennifer. Tell me the name. Someone with a forehead mask. Go ahead and uh, tell me. William. Okay, William's there. What can I do for you, William? What's your wrinkle? I know what your wrinkle is. It's a forehead lump. Tell me about it. Yes, uh, doctor. Um, yeah, my uh, plastic surgeon, he's recommending, um, did your screener tell you the name of, of the procedure he's recommending? No, tell me the name, but don't tell me the name of the doctor. Okay, um, the name of the procedure is left forehead mass excision and complex closure. 
so, so William, okay. And what is uh, first of all, William? What what is this thing on your forehead? Oh, did they tell you what it is? Um, the doctor told me it's a cyst. Okay, you have a cyst. How old are you, William? I'm um, I'm actually sixty three years old. Okay, so you've got a cyst on your forehead. You need to have it removed. And did they tell you why you needed to have it removed? Um. Well, you know, he didn't specifically tell me um, why, but I, I just want to have it removed, you know, because well, when, when he told me the term cyst, I worried that maybe it could be something maybe precancerous. Well, no, cysts are not precancerous, so you don't have to worry about that. And if they told you the name of it, if it looked like a cyst, if you went to a plastic surgeon and they said it's a cyst, it's a cyst. Uh, okay. It's like when you look at a box of cornflakes, you can tell it's a cornflake and not a Rice Krispie because <laughs> we're trained to uh, to look at these things, and, uh, and a cyst is completely benign. The problem with a cyst is they can get infected. So uh, what you want to do is leave it alone in the interim before it's been operated on. You want to not play with it, not get it irritated. Uh, because if it does get infected, then it has to be opened up, and then you need two procedures instead of one. So what your doctor was calling, uh, so it's a mass. Anything that's a lump is considered a mass until it's removed, and then we get a pathologic diagnosis. So he can tell you 99.9% it's a cyst. When it's removed, uh, he can tell you 100% that it's a cyst, but not until then. But uh, I'm sure it's going to be something like that. So a complex closure, that's just what we call uh, lifting, you know, making an incision, removing the thing, and closing it in, uh, in several layers. And sometimes when you have a cyst on your forehead, we have to move a little bit of muscle in or fat in because what happens when a cyst gets big, it tends to press on the surrounding tissue. And then if we just remove the cyst and we don't do some fancy footwork when we close it, uh, you can have a depression there. So it sounds like your plastic surgeon is on the ball. And uh, good luck with the procedure, William. Okay. okay. So, 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 Thanks so much for... Would you suggest go, I go ahead and have it? Yeah, go ahead. Would you suggest I go ahead? Well, and I can't give you, I cannot give you medical advice over the phone like this. Uh, this is a radio. If you put your face real close to the radio, no, I'm kidding. You can't see it over. I assume if you told me that you went to a plastic surgeon and he said you need it removed, sounds like you need it removed. And I, I always think it's a good idea to remove cysts because, uh, as I said, you know, in plastic surgery, we consider t cysts to be like time bombs, and uh, time bombs because they can get infected any time. It could happen tomorrow. It could happen 10 years from now. So generally, a cyst gets removed. All right, William, thanks so much for calling. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. I'm a board-certified plastic surgeon, and uh, we are here on the radio every week at this time, and uh, we'll be back next week. I want to read an email since we were on the topic of rhinoplasties. Actually, this was a review. We get reviews uh, for uh, for the uh, on all these different things, health grades and things like that. So uh, here's one that was posted just a couple of days ago, and someone said, about two years ago, I came to see Dr. Perry for a rhinoplasty. It was the best decision I could have ever made. I always was insecure about my, the hump and size of my nose, but after my rhinoplasty, even two years later, I'm still so in love with my results. If I had to do it all over again, I would in a heartbeat. So thank you so much for that review. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, rhinoplasties are, are great procedures. They can be... Truly personality changes. I have done rhinoplasties on 16-year-old girls, and they come in, and they're sort of introverted, and they're worried about their nose, and they don't look you in the eye. And it's really so fascinating as a plastic surgeon to see the changes that can occur when we do something as, as simple 
as simple as a rhinoplasty. You say, simple? I thought it's a hard operation. Sure it is, but it's three hours for you, three hours in the operating room as an outpatient, and uh, the splint is on your nose for about five or six days. You're bruised, but it doesn't really hurt after the rhinoplasty. And then uh, the splint comes off by five or six days. A little bit more bruising, usually hide for about two weeks afterwards. And then you go out. You're swollen for a while, by the way. A lot of people think you look, you're done at two weeks. You have the splint off, you're done. Not so. It takes many, many months to see the final results after a rhinoplasty. And, in fact, we don't take photographs, our final photographs, for a full year after the rhinoplasty. All right, that music means they're going to throw me right out of this room, and I want to thank everybody for great engineering. And uh, despite the fact that we didn't have the board, we got uh, our phone calls through. Thank you so much. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry, board-certified plastic surgeon. We'll be back 6 o'clock next week. Tune in. We've got a great show scheduled next week. Anesthesia with Dr. Einstein. We'll see you all next week. This program was sponsored by Dr. Perry's Skin Industries, LLC. The views expressed by the preceding program are those of the sponsor and not necessarily the opinions of 77 WABC or Cumulus Media.